I think that this year has really been a year that supports this letting go and invitation in perfectly, beautifully, messily, crazily, angrily, frustratingly, but ultimately evolutionary. gives you two choices when it throws everything at you. You can let it swallow you whole or you take those lemons. And as the old saying goes, you turn it into sweet, delicious lemonade. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Welcome to Lemonade. I'm your host, Elizabeth O'Neill, and I'll be sharing the incredible stories from inspiring people who've turned the hardest times in their life, their lemons into lemonade. Because let's be real, we all want to know how they did it, the lessons they learnt, and what life is like sipping the cello on the other side. Let's get juicing. Happy end of 2020, Monique Barry. How are you? Thank you. I think just like me, like everybody else, is we're ready to let go of the year that was mm-hmm. and step fresh into the year that follows the year that was. <laughs> I, I, want to, I don't want to have too high hopes for 2021 just in case. Like, you know, right? You will know better than anyone that every year I've said to you, this is my year. You this watch. is my year. <laughs> I said it in this is 2018. I said it in 2019 and I said it 2020. Um, so I'm not doing that for 2021. So it's just going to be like, I know. Oh, yeah, hi, 2021. Um, nice to see you. Take a seat and we'll see how this goes. That's my vibe. I know. I was literally, I want to share this thing I wrote on the 31st of December, 2019. And it was, as I awake on the last day of 2019, the last day of the decade, and we head into the roar of the twenties. I don't know why this is funny. You just said it's filled with so much optimism already. (laughs) I am the best me I have ever been to date. And that version of me will continue to expand and evolve into better versions of me again and again. What will 2020 bring me? Who fucking knows? (laughs) But I'm sure it'll be messy, hard, necessary, perfect, and beautiful. (laughs) Lol. Dear sweet money. That was travel and do all the things but um oh, yeah I had trips planned overseas I had <sighs> all kinds of I'm meant to be going I'm meant to be getting prepped to go to teacher training in India oh. for three months yeah. I don't know when we're gonna ever be going able to go to a country like that ever again so Never. which sucks Never. I was actually thinking that I'd love to be going back to India um so how have your last few weeks been what have you been up to Really good. Just uh, my baby turned five. Enjoying Christmas. I know. I just can't believe it. You know, they say blink and you miss it. Mm. And I remember thinking in those long, lonely nights where you're up till freaking whatever time in the morning, how much I wished that time away. And now that he's five, I just think to myself, holy fuck, if he was me, he'd be literally moving out of home in nine years. Oh my gosh, that's really scary to think. It fucking stresses me out. I, I know. I said to him, you're literally living with me forever till you die. So I had I have moments like that too. I remember breastfeeding Ollie in the middle of the night 
And it just felt like those nights would just never, ever, ever end. And I just remember thinking, and you know, you saw it, so all the mums go, appreciate it, mum. Like, you know, the years are short. And I'm like, shut, be like, shut, shut the fuck up, up bitch. <laughs> shut up. No, it's not. Like, I just want sleep. And now I know it sounds weird. Like, I just wish I could go back just for one night yeah. to that moment. But keeping it moving so, on. And, keep, and I wish I. Up and, up and going. What's it work? What's it going? Keep on going. Keep on moving. I know. And how was your Christmas? It was so lovely. I'm like you. I'm just so excited for this year to be done. I just like, you know, it was just a nice mm. way to end the end of the year. Lots of family, lots of food. Um, but, you know, I just feel like this weird in-between week between Christmas and New Year's just feels like limping to the finish line and particularly with a year <laughs> like this. So I'm just so I, it's such an awkward, weird week where no one knows what day it is. No one knows what they're doing. No one knows when, <laughs> you know, what, when do you eat your normal meal times? Like, it's just a, such a strange week. So I'm looking for the clean slate of 2021. I won't be declaring it my year. I'll just hope <laughs> that it might be this time. I just hope um, for the best. <laughs> I'll just hope for the best. Close my eyes, dive in and hope for the best. So, yeah. Um and now I would love to hear from you, your December reading, watching, listening, please. My reading, I'm not really reading anything. I'm reading bits and pieces of different books, Hidden Life of Trees, but nothing that I'm reading like cover to cover. Mm. Uh, watching, I'm, I watched, just finished watching The Crown and I am Diana obsessed at the moment so now i'm going through all the fucking documentaries me too i did that too yeah i remember yeah and i remember when she died and so it feels very like i think i was 13 or something like that it feels like i'm reliving those dreams i was obsessed with her back then when she died as well i had a collector's plate oh wow (laughs) (laughs) now you wish you had it you could probably sell it for a lot yeah did you watch the one in her own words the one that was literally her yes yeah it was really sad Yeah. So, um, yeah, anything Diana and the home edit, which has me decluttering and organizing all sorts of kind of fuckery in my house and listening, still got the Christmas carols playing. I'm going to honestly drag this out right literally up till the 31st of December. We're literally limping, aren't we? Um, I am. Yeah. What about you? I am watching the undoing with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant, which I (gasps) highly recommend. Good. Yes. I it is good. It. Yeah, I need you, to it is good. That's all I'm going to say. It's one of those ones I don't want to give anything away. And if you've watched it, you'll understand why. If not, go and watch it now. In Australia, it's on Foxtel. I don't know what it would be playing on New Zealand. On New Zealand, it's in on Neon TV. There you go. Head to Neon TV. Um, I am not really reading anything that significant. I feel like I'm just too distracted yeah. at the moment. And I'm listening. I've yeah. finished listening to um, Shameless Had Rupi Kaur. On, who is that beautiful poet? I love all her work. She's one of those poets that you read her work and, you know, like you get all those tingles and your heart just gets all full and then you start crying. You don't even know why you're crying. It just resonates and hits and strikes a chord within you that you didn't even know existed. And then I was also listening to High Love with Jordana Levine, which is really how do I explain it? It's really cool. It's like following the journey of three separate women um, and their dating journey Mm. and like pulling apart like their blockages and their stories they tell themselves. And it's really cool. It's really unique. And I reckon it's a really good listen. It's a whole podcast. It's about 10 episodes. So you just, you follow the oh, journey. You always find these good, like, journey <laughs> episodes. You're always good to hear because I yeah. feel like I'm boring. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a really good listen for any single gals out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So no, you always do. The other one, another one that you recommended, which is old, but I fucking honestly binged listened was Silent Waves. Which oh my gosh. Yeah. That one was heavy. Yeah. I was Australian you were dying for sex. Oh, I did love that one as well. I was in tears at the end of that. Yes. But you always find those kinds of podcasts. My recommendations are fruitful. Um, so could you please also enlighten me what you are doing right now to support yourself, Monique Barry, as we yet again limp to the finish line? Uh, for me, just really honestly honoring myself, like on honoring what I really want to do and not feeling like I need to be pulled into uh, all of these social invites and um, engagements and things to do and just tuning into that quiet part of myself that, you know, uh, has that small, quiet desire to just, I don't know, be in the moment at, at, at this time of the year. So just, and, and just saying no, if it doesn't feel, and, and not needing to explain myself if it doesn't feel good. And then I'm just about to finish my Japa mantra journey. So it's Oh my gosh. Yes. How's that going? Days. Amazing. I've, um, I've loved it. I've had so many different experiences. I've had bouts of unstressing and, you know, which showed up as anger and grumpiness and really like old self coming through and going out and <clears throat> I haven't missed a day. So that's been amazing. I've just found it really easy to fit in. And I found it such a beautiful devotional practice that has, I don't know, every day is different mm. with your chanting. Sometimes it's like vibrating and resonating in your body. And other days you just have these really deep transcendental experiences and other days you have a lot of resistance with it. And it's all mm. like a practice of letting go and surrendering. And yeah, so I'm nearly done, nearly 40 days up. Oh I my think gosh. I'm going to get a reading and another, another lot. Oh my God, such a good idea. I love that so much. That is mm. so much more epic than what I've been doing. <laughs> what I've been doing. I have been, I ordered another batch of cacao. So I'm back on my cacao train. I had one this oh, morning. Good. So that's really helping my heart chakra and opening everything up what and brand do you use tribal moon cacao I, it's oh, a quite a good ooh. price i got it on ebay and yeah. then i'm also back into doing a bit more uh consistent meditation practice which has been really nice i've been so busy i've been so overwhelmed my kind of adrenal fatigue symptoms are flaring up because i'm just so spent I think you know I spent months and months in lockdown with nothing on and nothing to do and now all of a sudden we could do all the things and I've done all the things and I've seen all the people and my body is like now is the time please so it actually makes me feel unwell so I'm just really noticing that leaning into that making sure I rest like I had the busiest weekend and I just mm. spent yesterday um, on the couch. And, you know, I was just like, I just need to spend today wrapped in a blanket, watching <laughs> friends, my comfort show, like having cacao and, um, just honoring that, that that's where I need to be right now. Um, which is a really big deal for me. Usually on a Monday, I'm like, you need to do all the things. So, uh, yeah, yeah so I'm doing that to support myself. And then meditation has been really nourishing through that too, just to give my mind 20 minutes of stillness. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So for this episode, we thought the most appropriate thing we could do is look back on 2020 and reflect on the 20 lessons we've gleaned from the year that was, the year that was for so many people in very different ways. But we wanted to look at, 
yeah, the lessons we've learned throughout this year, which there have been many. I know for you it was actually difficult to narrow down. There have been so many. Um, so <laughs> I know we were like, I was like, this is so hard. And she's like, yeah, I can't think of the last two. And I was like, oh, I've got like 30. <laughs> 30 million of them. And I, like, I'm sure, I, yeah. <laughs> Like there's just, there's been for whatever reason, you know, I know people have gone through, had a worse year than I have in this, um, in 2020. Um, but it's impossible to get to the end of this year, I think, and not have had some kind of awakening or some, yes, some kind of change within yourself for whatever reason, even, you know, if you've kept your job, even if everything has stayed mostly the same, Maybe it was the lockdown period that taught you something about yourself. Maybe it was watching the world panic about a pandemic. Maybe it was the borders closing and you didn't have the freedom to be able to pick up and travel. Like I think there was something for everyone. So we're going to look back at ours. Um, Kicking off with uh, number one for me is not everything will work out how I want it to, no matter how hard I try. And this was a bloody huge lesson for me this year because it was the year that I kissed goodbye, for lack of a better terms. My co-parenting journey with my co-parent, um, just the idea that I had of what it was going to look like and being really collaborative and being almost like best friends, I, could, I guess you could say, which we have been close over the last few years, um, that came to an end for a number of reasons and I've had to mid-year that was about mid-year and I've had to deal and navigate with the grief of letting go of an idea of something that I really wanted and something that I tried so hard to make into something. Um, I tried harder to make that something I really wanted it to be more than anything else in my life. And it just didn't work out how I thought it was going to. Mm. And, you know, that's okay. And I'm, I'm at peace with that now, but it was, it was heavy work letting that go. It was, there was a lot of sadness and there was a lot of grief moving through that. So that was, yeah, that was a big lesson for me. Number two, rest is action. Rest is action. I think before this, I've talked about this before on the podcast about how I really judged myself for not doing something, but I think rest is such an important part of the healing and growth journey. It's a really integral part of integration process. And sometimes I just don't want to do jack shit and that's okay. You know, I've come to realize that taking a break isn't lazy and I don't need to be busy doing or learning something all the time. And that uh, rest is a conscious decision that I've taken. It's an action that I've decided to do that involves lying on my ass doing nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel that I've actually got a similar one somewhere down the list too. And I'll, I'll crack into that one when that one is up as well, but totally that's been a lesson for me too. Number three, there is nothing wrong or anti-spiritual or anti-growth about craving connection with another human being. And that was like light bulb moment for me. Like I think, I, when I would think about how I would, I would want to, I want to call in a relationship or I feel lonely or I feel sad about being single and all these things would come up and bubble up. My natural reaction was to think, okay, well then there's something, something I'm lacking. There's something wrong with me that I'm searching for something like that. I need to find that within myself. Like I don't love myself enough. I don't value my self-worth enough. And then it was talking to my therapist and she really helped me realize that like there is nothing wrong. There's nothing bad about craving connection with another human being. And in fact, we're wired to do that. And I feel like once 
that penny dropped, it just released so much because I do feel like I've got a really healthy relationship with myself and my worth, you know, nothing like that is ever perfect. It's evolving and always changing, but I, I start, it, w- it was heavy always thinking that meant there was something wrong with me and it was such a relief and re- a release to realise, no, there actually isn't. There's nothing wrong with wanting a relationship. There's not nothing wrong with cra- craving connection. Um, that's just so human and you can't feel that with something else. That's almost, cra- you know, looking for something external. Sometimes the most powerful thing is just to acknowledge that and see that that's where you're at and see that's how you feel and let that go. Yeah, I think it's like what makes a difference here with like craving connection with another person is that element of neediness. If you were to take that person out of your life, you know, um, what about your inner fulfillment changes? Not much. Then that's like a great foundation to be. You want to create from a place of fulfillment with the self and then you want to be able to share that fulfillment with others. But I fucking love this word anti-spiritual and I think I've used consciousness police because this idea... I'm getting off track here, but this idea you have to fit into a box Yes. when you have a spiritual practice or you spiritual beliefs, philosophies that you adhere to in your life is a big list. I'm just going to insert that as 3.5. Anyway. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like there almost is this unofficial rule book of how to be a spiritual person <sighs> sometimes. And you'll see it a lot on Instagram about things about, um, you know, almost like, it doesn't mean to, but it almost shames you if you feel that you are lonely and you feel that you want to connect with another human being or you that you're wanting a relationship. There's this element of, I guess, of shaming you for feeling like that. Yeah, that there is something lacking within you. But, yeah, I think that was just a big thing for me, realising that doesn't necessarily mean I'm lacking. So, yeah. Yeah. Number four, following on from that, a lesson for me is that it's really okay for me to enjoy watching TV and other things. The consciousness police will frown upon. I fucking like watching TV. Like it is my way of, I'm not a potato couch potato. I don't do it every weekend, every day for hours and hours, but every now and then, like I have no energy. I want to binge watch the crown in one day and I'm okay with that. So that's a big lesson for me. I now enjoy Netflix without zero guilt. <laughs> mm, that is so true. There's so many incredible spiritual people I follow and love the work of. And they like, we'll say things like, I don't own a TV. And I'm like, what do you do at night? Like, I don't, am I missing something? <laughs> like, like, you know, I, that's what I do at night just to unwind. Like, I don't want to just be, this is another, this is a sidetrack, but I don't want to just be burying myself ahead in a book every night or learning the next lesson or having to like, you know, listen to the next Sometimes spiritual podcast. Sometimes I just podcast. want to fucking laugh. Sometimes I just want to Sometimes. freaking sit in a blanket wrapped around my head and, and watch friends. Like, yeah, sorry. I just really hijacked that one. <laughs> you, you love friends, don't you? I love but friends. I just think, okay, this is maybe like me trying to justify it, but I also like think that there's elements to TV that are very like arty. There's you're watching someone's creative process unfolding in front of you. I'm thinking about Shits Creek here because the way that they thought about the costumes for Moira, you're fucking genius. If anyone doesn't know, I'm a Shits Creek. I don't know what you're talking about, but I. But what I the fuck you. have you not watched Shits Creek? Okay, let's. No, I've not watched it, but I've heard of it. Number five, I am comfortable with my own company and thoughts, which, oh, like, 
I had to be. <laughs> it was freaking, we were, Melbourne was under the harshest lockdown in the world for the majority of the year. Um, we weren't allowed to do anything or go anywhere and everything was shut for months. So you just had to learn to be comfortable. And I did. And I think a couple of years ago, imagine if this had happened to me in 2017 or 2018, I would have have died. I would have really not known how to do it. But I think from the last few years and then this, (laughs) maybe not died, and the last few years and um, all the work I've done on myself, I really just took this as an opportunity to really feel comfortable with my own company. I didn't have my son all the time. He would be with his dad as normal. And I really had to learn to be okay with that. I had to learn how to have whole weekends to myself and not, you know, you could, I couldn't occupy them with drinks and dinners and lunches because that wasn't an option either. Um, so I just really dived into a lot of dived head first, dove head first, dived, dived head first into spiritual practices and just learning to be okay with my own company. And I really did become fine with it. Like it was just such a non-issue in the end. Then in the last week of lockdown, I was like, okay, I'm over this. Somebody give me friends and a break, like actual friends, not the TV show and a, you know, a brunch. But um, yeah, no, it was. I'm glad really, you clarified that. Cause I, yeah, Cause I did watch a lot of friends during lockdown, but it was just a really, it was an amazing way for me to learn to be comfortable. And I think that's, you know, we all have to learn how to be by ourselves that's just the most, I think that's just the cornerstone of growth. You have to know how to be alone. You have to be comfortable with being by yourself. And I can't, I just can't stress that enough. I just think I've been through, I've been someone that's had all different relationships all through my life. I've never been out. I've never known how to be by myself because I never had to be. And yeah, the growth that comes out of it and the kind of person that it changes you into is something that I'm very grateful for. Number six, the importance of having a simple and easy daily practice and support crew and how it will get you through big, hard and scary things. I'm very um, disciplined when it comes to my meditation practice and my daily practices. And I realized even though I've had some challenges like everybody else that I've actually navigated this with relatively quite a bit of grace and really feel genuinely grateful for all of the lessons that 2020 has given me. And I think that is because of having a strong baseline foundation for supporting myself, my meditation practice, going to group meditation over lockdown and mentoring sessions, therapy, and all of those things have helped support me through, I guess, what has many have found to be a very, very challenging year. Number seven, it's not contrary to my growth to embrace my humanness. And we have done a whole podcast episode about this. Um, So go back and listen to that because that's going to be a lot more profound than probably what I'm going to say right now. But often the answers I seek are held in the wisdom of my own body and my own thoughts. And I think spiritual people and people who love personal development, which is I fit both of those. I sometimes, you can sometimes Mm. feel like that you need to seek the external. You need guidance from something greater and bigger than yourself. But you know what? Sometimes it you hold your, it's your body that holds the answers. You know the answers and that there's nothing wrong with being human. Like the goal isn't to become so out, outside of yourself. I think the goal is just to be so comfortable, to, to embrace and be so comfortable with yourself and your humanness. And, and we've discussed this already in a, a few separate parts, you know, like you're saying you love to watch TV. Um, you know, I'm saying, you know, I like to be around a lot of people. And I think that, 
I think that that's just part of humanness. And the more that we try to reject that aspect of ourselves, the further we are actually from the goal of embracing who we really are at the end of the day. So I think that's been a really huge learning for me. Yeah, I would say humanness, embracing my humanness has been probably my overarching theme for the whole of the year. Um, Number eight, the less I do, the better I do it. And realizing that I don't need to be everything all at once. Just one thing at a time is good enough. Love that. So true. Number nine, when we are stripped of everything we thought we needed, we realize what's important and actually matters. And of course, the pandemic. I think that's, yeah. Being this year, you know, we, uh, how many of us had holidays booked? How many of us had birthday parties? How many of us had weddings? All the things that we attach meaning to, which of course is still so important. And there's a lot of things I'm sad that didn't get to happen, but you realize what actually really matters. And I think in a time that it's a health pandemic, you realize it's the health of your friends and your family that is so important. You realize it's Mm -hmm. having the people around you that you love and care for. Um, You know, and even it's, there was a big part where you couldn't, there was nowhere to go in Melbourne or anywhere when when we're all in lockdown. What was the point in having, you know, a fancy ass car in the driveway when you've got nowhere to drive it? Like you just realize all these things (laughs) don't really matter. And, um, you know, I hope we all take that, you know, I've heard so many variations of that lesson. I've, I hope people take that into 2021 and beyond that we really refocus and readjust our lens to what actually matters in life. Number 10, I think following on from what you're saying, a lesson for me is that ignorance isn't bliss. You know, I think 2020 has really highlighted the things in our life that we have been ignoring. And being ignorant really means that you have an awareness that something is there and you're choosing to ignore it. And I think a lot of people, when they've been forced you know, being put on forced rest or being forced to surrender and let go of things that they're super attached to. It's really highlighting things in their life um, that they've probably been ignoring um, and forcing them to look at those things really with a lens. So ignorance isn't bliss and it bites you on the ass eventually. Totally. It always comes back. Number Mm -hmm. 11, and this is similar to one you said earlier, Um, But following on from that, it's about rest and integration and how they're crucial components of doing the work. But also the work to me, what I learned this year is that although it's never complete, as my therapist said, every now and then you have to get off the mountain, out of the hamster wheel and actually process and integrate what you've learned. So I was doing some intense therapy this year and it got to maybe end of September and I I messaged my therapist or maybe October and I said to her, I haven't booked in another session with you because right now I just have nothing to talk about. Like I'm not saying Mm. the work is done. I'm not saying it's complete. I'm not saying I'm all magically healed. It's just sometimes, you know, you can do a massive amount of growth and work, but part of that process is then actually getting off the mountain and integrating what you've learned into society. And that, mm. was, that coincided for me with us getting out of lockdown. It was like, I'm ready to put everything I've learned this year into practice because you can study for your exam as much as you want, but then if you don't know how to actually how to implement the tools, it's kind of useless. So um, that's been a really big thing to me, knowing, acknowledging that the work is never complete, but that every now and then you have to just like take those times for rest, integration, um, processing it and implement it into your normal everyday life. And that's been 
really profound for me the last couple of months. Number 12, there is no wrong path. I have spoken to so many people this year who have said that they're at a fork. Is it a fork road? Road in the fork? Yeah. A forklift? (laughs) (laughs) I went to ride this exact same thing the other day and couldn't think. A fork in the road, fork in the road. A fork in the road, a fork in the road. You know, so many people and, and they get stuck in indecision because they want to make sure that they're making the right or wrong. You know, they want to make sure they're right, making the right decision, not the wrong decision. But I think even what I've learned from this year is that every path, even the wrong ones, are ultimately the right path. And with that, you, you know, time gives you the gift of perspective. Maybe the wrong path doesn't necessarily have a lesson in it and isn't about turning a lemon into lemonade, as we often say, but it would be impossible to not reflect on that earlier version of yourself and be able to see what you see right now with different eyes and more context for the content that you've created for yourself. So even the wrong path ultimately leads you somewhere, you know, and it's more important to just take a step in any direction really and just see what's being fed back to you and kind of just surrender to them. I just had as you were saying that that the how we were all saying 2020 is going to be the year of 2020 hindsight. Um, yeah, tw- our- clear vision, 2020 vision. <laughs> and then we got the clear vision and we're like, oh, no, <laughs> can we stop this now? <laughs> so that reminds me Ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. Mm. And as even well, that, you know, we just prefer to ignore it. Yes, totally. And even that it's the path that we're meant to go on and, you know, that we're getting the 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 hindsight and we're getting the clear vision of what, what path we're actually on is the right one. And sometimes that can be scary as well. Number 13. Very scary and very uncomfortable. Totally. Number 13. I'm so much stronger than I think I am. And I think that's what I come up with every year, to be honest, because I think um, every year throws its own curveballs. And this year, I, I sometimes forget about how big it's been and how many very traumatic things have happened this year. And I've, I've rised rose. Oh my gosh, I can't speak today. End of the year. Don't blame me, guys. What is with our stuff? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Maybe we need to watch it right now. <laughs> I, I wish. Um, uh, I've always been able to rise above it. I've always been able to glean the lessons, I guess, and I've always been able to overcome it in a way that I wouldn't have been able to the year before that or the year before that. So I love that reminder that, geez, I'm so much stronger than I think I am and I give myself credit for. Yeah. I do an iteration of this, which I think is a Glennon Doyle quote, and it's I'm capable of hard things. And I, well, I repeat like to that. remind myself of that is. Yeah. yeah. I repeat that to myself as well. And I say it to my son as well. It's like, I can do hard things. Yes. I love that actually. Yeah. It's good. Uh, 14. Don't let self doubt turn into self sabotage. I think it's a very fine line between the two and I think what's even scarier than change is things staying exactly the same sometimes that the only safe place to leap into is the unknown absolutely the pain of there's this amazing quote and I wish I researched it now because now I'm going to sound like a bumbling fool again the quote says change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change I remember reading that years ago and that just had such a profound Mm. impact on me as someone who I am a Taurus and I'm shit scared of change I like things all staying the same um yeah so that's a good one I used to do a visualization technique right at the very start of my journey where I would imagine myself as a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old if, if nothing had changed. And I would literally 
put myself into that version of me and look through that version of me eyes and see how she's feeling. And that always gave me the courage to take a step in direction of often what is very scary things. So if anybody's out there, you could try that, visualize yourself 10, 20 years from now, like really truly step into that body. You did. You made me do that last year in 2019. Oh, did I, I really? Go, yeah, I come to you like it's a mess. And you're like, you wanted me to make changes. And I'm like, oh, no, no. And you were like, think, picture, close your eyes and picture right now. You're almost 40 and your life is exactly how it is now. And that was the biggest kick in the butt to be like, oh, if my if I'm the same in 10 years' time, if I'm still experiencing yeah, the same things, really saying is. the same things in the same position in my life, that is so much worse than actually putting the change in. So yeah. it really is a really powerful, simple thing to do. Totally. And I've I've actually said that to other people. I've stolen it from you and said that to the people. And they're like, wow, you're so <sighs> profound, Elizabeth. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Are you right? telling all your trade secrets now? <laughs> I don't know where I, it came from. I don't know where it came from. It just comes to me. Like, you know, like I just meditate and it just comes to me. <laughs> okay, anyway. Number 15, I, reg- I recognize now in a way I never did before my trigger points. I have this trigger point of a righteousness. I need to be right. I'm right and the other person is wrong. Also, a need to know. I need to know all the details. I need to know exactly what's going on, even if it hurts. And that's just a fear that's just coming from a fear of losing control in the past it also is coming from the fear that I've had that everyone knew something that I didn't know so it pushes you to be the other way you you dig deep and you need to know every little detail because you think that's going to protect you from um, being caught out or being surprised or being shocked and those things have only been uncovered because of and I've got it written three times here in capitals therapy 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 (laughs) and I think it's only once you're aware of your trigger points your activation points um, your conditioning and your patterns that you can recognize when they are coming up you can see them for what they are and you can then choose to respond and there's been so many things where even the other day I'm like I really want to send this message to my ex (laughs) and I was like and I said it to my therapist and she's like but but what are you going to get from that and she's like that's something you would have said in the past and it's activating your righteousness hit but what are you actually going to get from that what do you think he's actually going to say back to that and I'm like okay yes I know you're right I'm not happy you're right (laughs) um but you know that's all stuff that maybe I probably would have unconsciously reacted like that a year ago and now I'm not so and you've written here in order to heal the shit you've got to go deep into it so that nails it number 16 nice and simple it's okay to change your mind I think we stop ourselves because we feel like we have an obligation and responsibility to other people but we actually have an obligation and responsibility to ourselves first of all. Uh, and then we share that because I think if you go into anything with uh, like a, Oh, I don't really want to do this energy or attitude. It's felt by that other person. You know, imagine if you, everything that you went into, you went in with a hundred percent, maybe not even a hundred percent, but like, full-hearted, honest, authentic joy and like desire to be there and connect with whatever it is you're going into. So it's okay to change your mind. Yeah, it's so true. It's okay to change your beliefs around things as well. Like I think just because you had an opinion on something a few years ago doesn't mean you have to have it now. (laughs) Why I wrote this was because I struggled for so long this year letting go of being vegetarian 
and deciding to eat, like introduce seafood and fish back into my diet. And because I was so identified with I'm vegetarian, I'm plant-based, I'm like, whatever, you know? And then when I started craving it, I felt, I really shamed myself Uh, because I wanted to fit into an exact box and I uh, finally let that go. And I was like, it's okay for me to change my mind about things. And that listening to myself is the most important voice of all. I think that's been such a paramount, like such a huge overarching theme for all of us this year. And even things like, you know, the this black lives. scary saying that on this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> the black, li- <laughs> like even like the black lives matter matter movement. Like there was so much that came out of that, that educated me, someone that's, not a person of color, that things that I might not have known or even thought of perspectives I never would have considered, um, a way of life that I'm not familiar with and old patterns of beliefs I might have had, you're then being, you know, you're listening to other people speak and hearing real lived experience and realizing, oh, I might have thought that once upon a time and I don't think that now and that's okay that I've changed my mind to adapt and evolve as my beliefs have. Yeah. Number 17, healing isn't linear. Grief comes in waves and flavors you may not have expected and you thought you were finished with. Um, Yeah, that is just evolving for me. Like there is just so many. I was complaining to you last night about feeling sad about something, you know, sometimes being it just being me with my son doing all the fun, cool things we do. And sometimes there will still be layers of pain that come with the fact that his dad isn't here doing that with us. Do I want him here with us? No, he drives me insane. But it's still... It's still sometimes that grief that comes up in waves and you'll just think, oh, you're off doing that with other people. You're not here doing that with us. And that sometimes is still a little bit painful. If you told me back in 2017 that at the end of 2020, that would still hurt, I would have said, no, it won't. I'll be so well and truly done and over that. But it's just these waves, they come up, they go, they might not crash as hard, they might crash really hard, but... I have the tools now to acknowledge and release it. I love that. I always love healing is layered, not linear, because it doesn't have a start and a stop. You know, it um, doesn't have a beginning and an end. It's not black and white. Mm. 18, nearly at the end. I hate hearing people say I don't have time. I say it myself and it annoys the hell out of myself. I say it too. (laughs) But it's the worst excuse in the world. And I think what needs to be said instead is I'm not willing to prioritize that. Like something I hear a lot from people, especially around meditation is, oh, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to find 20 minutes of my day to meditate. And it just means that you're just not willing to prioritize whatever it is that meditation will give you and favor of something. I think we're very time poverty consciousness um, at the moment, even with this pandemic, which has given us nothing but time. I've seen a lot of people uh, as soon as lockdown's over, just packing social calendars full of things to do and freaking the fuck out about it to some degree because um, suddenly they had all this time to absolutely no time. I don't know where I'm going with this, but anyway, stop saying that you don't have enough time because everybody has 24 hours in a day. We all know that, but it's just, what are we willing to prioritize and how mm. are we willing to, um, prioritize what we spend our time on it? Time is our currency. How are we spending it? 
Oh, I do that with exercise. I don't have time to exercise. I've got to do this. No, I could have woken up half an hour earlier and I chose not to. Number 19 is the last one for me. The universe works at its own pace, unfortunately. It does not work to my timeline. It does not work to my 2020 goals. And I have to surrender to that. And it's with a lot of reluctance that I surrender to that. Because I wanted I love to this. do what I wanted what to do, I wanted to do. at the time yeah. that I'm ready to do it, but it does not do that. It, it is it is infinite consciousness. It knows far more than my egoic mind could possibly know. So how could I possibly know or comprehend what is best for me or what is out there for me when my mind is so limited to its own experience, its own trauma, its own conditioning? It knows far better than me, far more knowledge, far more what will benefit my life than I do. And unfortunately, I just have to accept that's a reality and surrender to it and know that whatever is not coming to me right now means that there is something so much more appropriate and suitable for me. I couldn't have said that better myself. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) And lesson number 20 for 2020 is recognizing what you don't need can be more powerful than knowing what you do need. And I think what this means for me is that in a society where we're built on, uh, we value accumulation, manifestation, we want new things, better things, more things now, 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 all we're doing is cluttering up our space, our minds, our hearts, instead of actually going through a process where we get rid of the things that are no longer relevant to us, getting rid of that which does not belong or serve us, getting rid of anything that is not our truth or uh, something that we want to carry on our journey with us, creating all this beautiful spaciousness and then inviting what is meant for us into our lives. I think that this year has really been um, a year that supports this letting go and invitation in perfectly, beautifully, messily, crazily, angrily, frustratingly, um, but ultimately evolutionary. Oh my gosh. What a way to finish. Although I have a question. You have not planned. We have not planned this. and I'm going to throw you. What is your word for 2021? What is my word for 2020? Oh, for 2021? Mm. I would say, I would say a vulnerability. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and careful what you wish for. <laughs> but I would say that what I really noticed for myself this year through therapy is that I have prioritized safety far too much. And that has come at the cost of intimacy and connection with others. And so next year, I really want to be brave and vulnerable, acknowledging when things are scary and hard and uncomfortable and feel the fear and do it anyway. So, Oh, I love that. Mine, I think, and it came to me in a meditation a few weeks ago, and it feels more appropriate for 2021, is the word reach. And reach feels like, a bit strange, but what I mean by that is reaching beyond 
what I think I'm capable of reaching in every sense mm-hmm. of my life, like not settling, not thinking that yeah, I feel this that is one. easy yeah, and comfortable. Good. It's the, it's a reach energy. And what does reach energy looks like? It's like, but not that I'm hard ass on myself and striving. You need more, more, more. Not that. It's just like, if there's two options in front of me, what's the comfortable option and what's the reach energy option. Mm. And sometimes yeah. that can, that, you know, will may disrupt some of my foundations, which freaks the hell out of me, but will ultimately be the right decision, I think, rather than choosing comfort I and security. Love that. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's the same. I think striving has an element of force to it. Yes, not that. Reach has a kind of like a, you, you know, like a cheerleader. You can do it, girl. Yes. It's like it feels more conscious rather than unconditional striving, which comes from, mm. I guess, capitalism it's more like reach energy so that's it for 2020 thank you for joining the podcast on the wild ride that has been this year thank you for sharing all your incredible wisdom and insight and i know you know everyone always thinks it's your podcast because you're so amazing and brilliant and profound and everyone loves you so much so i think everyone loves (laughs) our banter oh we hope so We hope so at least. And if you don't, they're listening to us and they're like, we fucking hate your banter. I skipped through your banter. Um, So thank you for everything. Thank you for all you've done for all of the listeners and for me. And have an amazing and safe New Year's. And um, we'll touch base with you in 2021 if if you'll still have us, please. Let's be honest, we'll probably be missing each other on New Year's Day. Like, this happened last night. Yes. Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy this fresh new energy that yes. is hopefully poured through January. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Juice with Monique Barry. I'll pop links to Moni's Instagram and our recommendations mentioned at the start of the episode in the show notes. As always, you can connect with me at Elizabeth O'Neill. If you'd like to support Lemonade, please hit five stars, subscribe and leave a positive review. It helps boost the podcast and gets this kind of positive media out there. The year that was 2020 is almost over. Thank you so much for all of your support over the last year. I couldn't be more thankful for all the downloads and shares and positive reviews and beautiful DMs. Thank you so, so very much from the bottom of my heart. Please stay safe over the holiday break, stay well and get pumped for a new year with new energy and a very welcome fresh start for us all. I'll be taking a few weeks break them back ready and raring at the end of January. Happy New Year and chat then. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.